You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. So if you remember on Ash Wednesday, I talked about how during Lent we're going to look at fear. But fear can mean a lot of things. It, it can mean the acronym forget everything and run. It can mean false evidence appearing real. But I think fear really means face everything and rise. And so in, in Scripture, we, we have this great line. It's one of my favorite lines of Scripture. It comes from the epistle, 1 John verse 4, 18a. It says, there is no fear in love. But love drives out fear, because fear expects punishment. So during these 40 days, we will work to be fully empowered and ready to face everything and rise. Let us pray. God, may we be open to you. As we open our Bibles and and hear the words that are sacred and holy, may we be open to what they may say to us so we can live faithful lives of the calling that you've placed upon our hearts. So Lord, be with us in this time and this space. And all of us gathered here said, Amen. Our scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. Listen to these words. Now when Jesus heard that John was arrested, he went to Galilee. He left Nazareth and settled in Capernaum, which lies along the sea in the area of Zebulun and Naphtiah. This fulfilled what Isaiah the prophet said. In the land of Zamlam and Naphtia, alongside the sea, across the Sea of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who live in the dark have seen a great light, and a light has come upon those who live in the region and in the shadow of death. From that time, Jesus began to announce, change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. As Jesus walked alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea because they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will show you how to fish for people. Right away they left their nets and followed him. Continuing on, they saw another set of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with Zebedee, their father, repairing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues. He announced the good news of the kingdom and healed every disease and sickness among the people. May you receive what the Spirit is saying in the reading of the Scriptures. Thanks be to God. 
Amen. We can face everything and rise to answer the call if we pay attention to these three things. First, live into the holy interruptions that occur in our lives as opportunity to live out the calling God has for us. Second, in order for us to face everything and rise to answer the call, we need not to be crippled by failure. And then third, we need to listen to trust in Jesus for the calling He has placed on our hearts. See, in our scripture reading today, we have this interesting scripture that that, that Jesus has has come and challenging us to change our hearts and lives. Simple, isn't it? It's a good Lenten message. Change your hearts and lives. Center and focus yourself upon Jesus. Because here comes the kingdom. He's getting them ready. He's prepping them. He's prepping those that would have heard it. See, we, we, we imagine Jesus like today where like everybody had access to him, but they didn't. People had to find out about Jesus by word of mouth, by people willing to share what they had heard from this great speaker and preacher. And so there was already kind of this movement circling and moving. I, I think there was already some knowledge about Jesus before he appeared at the Sea of Galilee. I think people knew of him. I also think people turned away from him. I, I think there are stories that they didn't want to put in the Bible because they didn't want to see Jesus as a failure, to see that you know, there were people that did say no to Jesus when he called to them and said, hey, I'm going to show you how to fish for men. I'm sure there were others that, that didn't get shared, that, that, that Jesus saw something in them to, to call them, and, and they said no for whatever reason because how many times do we say no to Jesus? I love the story of the calling because here's what's happening. Peter and and Andrew are just doing what they do best. They're just casting their nets and fishing him in. Casting their nets and fishing him in. And in walks this guy. He walks by and says, hey, have I got a chore for you? I'm going to show you how to fish for men. Fish for people. And, And they dropped everything they were doing and followed him. Simon didn't say, I need to check my calendar. Andrew didn't say, let me go ask my wife. Um, they didn't just like think about what would the next steps would be. They didn't ask Jesus, where are we going to stay? Where are we going to eat? How much is this going to cost? They just dropped everything and immediately followed him. Would you be willing to do that? But the story continues on. The, 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 the calling is, is so much that, that even as they were walking down even further, they, they come across these other brothers, James and John, and, and they were in the boat taking care of their boat and, and taking care of their nets. And, and Jesus just walks up to them and says, hey, you want to go fish? And James and John don't just sit there and they don't pull out their, their smartphones and say, well, I can on second Tuesday of the fourth month. They, they don't say, um, do I have to pass a background check? They don't say, do I, um, how much is this going to cost? They don't say, you know, where are we going to stay? Are we going to stay in the Holiday Inn or are we going to stay asleep on the side of the road? They don't ask any, anything of Jesus other than, all right, let's go. So they drop their nets and they follow Jesus. And then Jesus goes into the community. And and notice that when Jesus makes the call, it's an intentional teaching of of showing the disciples how to live. He doesn't just walk up to them and say, all right, Peter and and James, all right, here are 12 things I want you to do while we're we're making this journey. 
Here are seven things you have to agree to before you go with me. He just says, come and follow. And and throughout all the rest of the gospel, we see how Jesus shows us how to be a disciple. Jesus doesn't just sit there and walk up to him and say, all right, so here are three points that you need to agree to and agree to these three points. And if you can agree to these three points, you can come fishing with us tomorrow. He just says, come and follow. And far too often when we're faced with these opportunities, these holy interruptions, we, we turn them away. We don't see them as such, as a calling, an opportunity to serve God. Susan Robb, in her book, Calling, she has this great line. She says, as we experience interruptions in our daily lives, we might ask how those interruptions might be anointing moments. Moments where God is calling us to minister, to mentor, or to lead. And just think, Jesus, all he did was ask him to come and fish. And so if we live into these holy interruptions, see, I mean, Peter and and, and James and John and Andrew were, were just doing what they knew what to do. And then in comes Jesus, this holy interrupter. Because that's what Jesus is. He's the holy interrupter. He interrupts our lives when we let him in. He interrupts our lives when we choose to follow him. Because do you really think that Peter knew where they were going? Do you really think that Peter fully trusted in God that everything was going to be all right? I think he did. Why else would he have dropped his nets and followed Jesus? Why else would he have left aside what he knew was comfortable, what he knew was the thing that helped get him money and help him survive? Why else would he drop that and follow Jesus other than the fact that he trusted in God and had no fear? But how often do we run away from those holy interruptions? When I was at McFarland. And serving as associate pastor, um, someone came running to me, Matt, 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 Matt. We have this problem. We, we have this man and, and this woman, and, and she's pregnant, and, and she's going into labor and not at church. That would have been a whole other story. But we don't know what to do. Well, did anybody get her name? Well, no, they signed in on the deal. So we went and looked and signed in on the deal. And, and they were really looking for a church family to love and care for them because they didn't know what to do because they were a young family um, that were lost and looking for direction. And so the only place that they knew where to come was the church. And so they met with me and Linda and, 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 and we met with them and said, hey, we'll help you, we'll, we'll take care of you, we'll find ways to get you food and, and take ways, you know, find ways to help get you, you know, situated and oriented. And then that's when she went into labor, not there, but later on in the day I got a phone call saying she's had a premature baby. And we took on that baby and we loved them and cared for them. And it was a holy interruption. See, we had a whole day plan. Like, Linda and I had a whole day plan of, of things to do. She had her things to do, and I had my things to do. And, 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 and I had my day plan. I was casting my nets and reeling them in. And in walked Jesus through the dooleys. So I dropped my nets and followed. And got to know this couple, and they've moved on and are, are, are now living an interesting life elsewhere. But 
Diedrich Bonhoeffer reminds us that we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. I'm going to say that again. We must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. God will be constantly crossing our paths and canceling our plans, Bonhoeffer said, sending us people with claims and petitions. It is a strange fact that Christians and even ministers frequently consider their work so important and urgent that they will allow nothing to disturb them. They think they are doing God a service in this, but actually they're disdained. Sorry, but actually they are disdaining God's crooked and yet straight path. What Bonhoeffer is saying here is that all of us sometimes allow our plans to get in the way of God's plans. Because we have this vision of what things are supposed to be like. We know how things are supposed to end up. But yet when God enters in and we allow God to enter in and we drop our nets and follow Him, we're not going to end up like we thought. We're going to end up how God needed us to be. But we have to be willing to allow those interruptions in our lives. And not to see them as as hindrances, but to see them as opportunities to live out God's calling for us. And so this week, how are you going to allow those interruptions that will occur because you have a calendar and God knows it and God's going to give you an opportunity to live this out, that holy interruptions will occur? How are you going to live out God's calling in your life in those moments? I pray that you face everything and rise and not be afraid, but to lean in and trust in God like Simon and John and Andrew and James did. Because when you do, you experience amazing things. But sometimes, in order for us to face our fears, to face everything and rise, we can't be crippled by failure. Sometimes answering our call, we, we, we don't answer it because we're too, we're too afraid to fail. Because we see failure as a negative thing. <laughs> have you ever read the Gospels? Have you ever read the Bible? Those that God calls have problems. They continue to fail, but yet they don't allow that failure to define them. They lean in more and they trust in God more and, and they're willing to live how God called them to live. Now, sometimes they need to be reminded. But yet, if you think of the disciples, the disciples didn't have it perfect from the calling to the end. They had to learn along the way. And so do we. We don't have it perfect. We're far from it. If anything that the Connect, Serve, and Grow can show you, we are far from perfection. We are moving towards learning that we need to change the date every so often on that thing so nobody gets confused. But if we allow fear and failure to define us, we won't do anything, will we? If we're so afraid to fail for the kingdom that we choose not to take that step to answer that call, we won't go anywhere. And we'll be disgruntled. And we'll be missing out on something. We shouldn't be scared to fail. Actually, we should embrace it. It's part of the journey, as we see in the Gospels. It's something that we can learn from. Because there is hope beyond failure. There is growth when we fail. 
The only way that we grow is sometimes by failure because we can say, oh, we're not going to do that again. It didn't work that way. And we learn from that and move on. There is hope beyond failure. God is calling us to do great things. I believe that God is calling each and every one of us that is listening to us to do great things. And all we have to do is not be afraid and to listen and to lean in and to trust God. And that when we fail to learn from our failures, to dust ourselves up, pick ourselves back up and try again. Could you imagine if Walt Disney, when he was fired from the Kansas City Star, if he said, that's it? You know why he was fired? He was fired for being unimaginative. Could you imagine in that moment, in that failure, if Walt Disney would have said, that's it, I'm done. I'm just going to go sell ice. Could you imagine if he would have let go? Could you imagine if Albert Einstein, who was expelled from one school because he failed the entrance exam, if he had said, that's it, I'm going to become a priest. And that's it. Could you imagine, even Elvis Presley was told by the concert hall manager of the Grand Old Opry that it would be better for him to return to his former job as a truck driver. If he would have just said, that's it, I'm done. But he didn't allow, those people didn't allow those failures to define them. They moved on and moved forward. The disciples did the same thing. They didn't allow those failures when they were following Jesus to define them. They learned and moved on. And even after Jesus left, they learned and moved on and strived to grow closer to God. But when we allow fear in, that failure thing just pops up. And we can't do it. And so we run away. Did you hear the story about the, the hockey player that got called up last week? He was a Zamboni driver. He was in his late his mid-40s. The Carolina Canes called and said, Hey, we may need you tonight. Would you be willing to come and be with us? And at age 42, he said, Okay. I mean, how I mean, if the Cardinals called me today and said, Hey, we'd love for you to come pitch tonight, I'm sorry, I love y'all, but I'm gonna go do that. Hopefully they're listening. But he answered yes to the call, and, and he went, and he just sat on the bench expecting nothing to happen. But an opportunity occurred, and he got to play the rest of the game. He only allowed two goals. Team still won. You realize that in Carolina, that they, gave, they named him like person of the like week in the state because he was willing to answer the call and help his team win. This wasn't even his team because he was the Zamboni driver for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But yet he was willing to answer a call, take him to a different place. And had, could you imagine if he would have said, I'm too old, or I'm not willing, or I'm not equipped? How often do we say that to God? I'm too old, I'm not equipped. It's too fast. I don't have what it takes. I can't do it anymore. But God is listening. And to face everything and rise, the, the third thing I said is we need to listen. We need to listen to where God is calling you. And I, and I love that Frederick Breachner quote, the one that I've been saying. It seems like I say all the time. That God calls you to the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. It's one of my favorite quotes. If I tattooed something, that's what I would probably tattoo. 
Although I don't tattoo any things. Not because Ashley says no, but because I'm afraid of needles. But that place that God calls you to is that place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So where is God calling you? Are you listening? Are you being available? Because God is always calling us. Calling us to, 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 to show people what the love of Jesus Christ really looks like. Always. It's not in a vacuum. It's not in a church on Sunday morning. It's all the time. Susan Robin, in her book called, she has this great line, again, where she says, whenever you think you can't possibly be of any use to God because you are too old, too young, too short, too tall, not handsome or pretty or smart or skilled enough to think, think again. Listen, the voice you hear calling your name may just be God. Could you imagine how Simon and those four men felt when Jesus came calling to them? God was calling them to serve. And they dropped their nets and followed him. They didn't allow fear to overcome. He didn't allow those things that get in our way, a living out our calling to get in our way. They just did it. So God is calling you to face everything and rise. And I hope you do that. And the way to start is to follow Jesus. Because everything will be all right. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that we have decided to follow Jesus. I pray that we have decided to follow Jesus because we know that some won't go with you, but we will follow. So Lord, help us follow you in everything we do. May we honor and glorify you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me and sing hymn number 2129? Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. And we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.